my goal for the event was to show up at the starting line in one piece, healthy, uninjured. That was it. Dizwins Radio, episode 988, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys, uh, real quick, just before we dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder that one of the options that I offer as a coach is uh, the one-off coaching call or sometimes the not-so-one-off coaching call um, because ultimately you can use the calls in whatever way works best for you. So, uh, you know, if you want to jump on the phone, jump on a Zoom, whatever, talk through some things, whatever issues that you might be struggling with, just kind of randomly, maybe it's an injury issue or uh, preparing for a race, kind of the last little bit of training, we're not sure what you should do, et cetera, et cetera. We can talk through it. If you want to schedule them somewhat semi-regularly, maybe every month, every couple of months, something like that, to just kind of get some some advice, bounce some ideas off me as maybe you're building towards a, a race, whether it's this fall, whether it's the spring, whatever, that option is there too. And I, I've had some folks that uh, I can pretty much rely on every every couple few months. I know I'm going to probably get a call with them. And then, you know, some that are just one-off completely. Uh, and then some that, you know, maybe every every six or eight months that schedule a call. Ultimately, those calls are always there. They're always available. Feel free to use them in whatever way you think would be the most beneficial for you. And, and obviously, anything that I can do to kind of help support you along the way, that's that's what I do and uh, what I really enjoy doing. So if the consult call might be right for you, disruns.com slash consultation is your link. And if you're worried that I'm going to try to like talk you into like long-term coaching on the back end of that call, don't worry. It's not a sales call. You're paying for a call to try to get help with whatever issue you're struggling with. And that's all I'm going to be focused on. All right. Promise you. So disruns.com slash consultation. If you're so inclined, any questions or issues with that process, let me know. I think it's pretty straightforward, but you never know if something doesn't make sense just because it makes sense to me doesn't mean it might make sense to you. So let me know what questions you have. And uh, if you think a call might help you, let's get one set up. All right. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a woman that uh, has, over the years, has raised thousands of dollars to help fight multiple sclerosis, which is uh, a disease that she's been living with since, uh, I believe since 2013. We'll get that fact check as we go. Uh, and earlier this summer, she took to the roads of Ohio, covering uh, 172 miles over six days as part of the uh, 2021 MS Run the U.S. Relay Team, uh, and in so doing, raised over se- raised almost $17,000 for the cause this year. Uh, so lots of things to talk about. I'm looking forward to, to chatting about all this, and, and who knows what else uh, today with Miss uh, with Miss Julie Burke. So Julie, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, certainly a pleasure. And, and guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want to follow along with Julie and, and whatever's whatever's next for her or, or just, you know, say, hey, great job, all those types of things. Uh, Instagram, great place to do so. And her handle there is at running underscore from underscore MS. So at running from 
MS with the underscores in between there. Uh, and as per usual, I have everything linked up in the show notes today. Dizruns.com slash 988 is the link to get back there. We'll have the Instagram links and who knows what other links that we, we talk about today from different different odds and ends and photos and the whole nine. Dizruns.com slash 988. So, uh, Julia, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, with a pretty simple and straightforward question that uh, sometimes has an easy answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, but one way or another, it launches the conversation more often than not. So it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Okay. Um, I prefer the half marathon. Um, reason being, it is still a challenge. It's not something that, you know, you just go out and do one day without a little preparation, but it's not really changing your schedule in a life altering way either. So pretty easy to handle the training. Um, so from a training perspective, I like the half marathon. And then also from the racing perspective, because you know, you're not out there for too long, but you're also not pedaled to the metal the entire time, like you would in a shorter distance. So you get to start out a little bit slower, ease in, turn on the gas a little bit and, uh, you know, just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's, 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 it's probably if I actually kept track of these things, which at this point, we're not, we're not going to start keeping track. We're not going to go back through 900 episodes and start and start tailing this all up. But I, I would say that that's probably the most common answer for, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. Um, but it, and it's just fun. I mean, it's just, it's just a fun distance. Like you said, it's not pedal to the metal, but it's not just, you know, it's something that if you're going to race it hard, like you got to push a little bit, you got to be strategic. So, uh, it ticks a lot of boxes on the, on the running front. Yeah, for sure. How'd you get uh, started in running, Julie? Is it something that's been going on for, for a while, fairly recently? Where'd, where'd you get started in the sport? Well, I have always wanted to be a runner. Um, my dad is a runner. We spent family weekends traveling to races that he did. Um, he did probably either a 5K or a 10K almost every weekend wow. of my childhood. <laughs> So all our clothes were race t-shirts and uh, I have three older brothers. They all joined in on um, some of those shorter races. I just never could get into it. I didn't like it at all. Uh, Later, probably early 20s, I just really wanted some kind of exercise that I would enjoy. And I just remember thinking like, well, you know, he just likes that so much. And it's it's such a um, part of his life. I want something that would eventually turn into that. So I kind of forced it a little bit, like I am going to be a runner. I'm going to make this happen. And, um, yeah, it absolutely happened. I, I love it. And it's a huge part of my life now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am kind of, uh, smiling a little bit to myself as you're, as you're saying that, because I, I, I have, I'm on record as saying that, uh, running has been a, an acquired taste for me. It's, and, and I can't remember ever really like wanting to be a runner when it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing, but eventually, you know, it kind of weaseled its way into, into it for me. But, you know, like you said, you, you wanted to be a runner, you kind of dabbled in it, couldn't, could, didn't enjoy it. Um, were, were there ever any thoughts of like trying something else there in your twenties when you were kind of getting back into it and before you really started to, to enjoy it? Or was it just like, I don't know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but almost like a little bit of a stubborn, like, no, I am going to, I am going to figure out how to enjoy this running by golly. And, and, and I'm just going to, you know, keep going at it till I, till I make it happen. Oh, a hundred percent that I'm very <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> I'm going to make this work. I'm going to get that runner's high. I keep hearing about, even though I know nothing of it, it's pure misery here in the beginning. <laughs> um, and actually it didn't stick in my twenties because 
I didn't know a single thing about how to be a runner. Like I just went out hard every single run as hard as I could. So they were all awful. Um, I was injured all the time, had a pretty significant knee surgery that ended my running for about 10 years. And then I came back in mid thirties, um, worked with a physical therapist, um, did more research on running, you know, running books and talking to people who were runners and realizing, oh, okay, so training runs are actually not your hardest effort. And, um, and, and there are such thing as a training plan. If you want to do this distance race, these are the types of runs you should do leading up to it. And so that's where it really opened up for me. And I've, I've enjoyed it for, I don't know, like probably close to 20 years now. Oh, that's, that's awesome. No. And- that's bad math. Maybe 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, yeah, let's, let's err on the side of, of fewer years than, than too many years since we've kind of dated ourselves a little bit through there. But, um, you know, it is, it is one of those things in, in, I, you know, as a, as a coach, sometimes I, I, I lose sight of the fact that, that running in theory is so simple. You know, I mean, it's something that as kids, we, you know, run around in the playground or, or whatever the case might be. Um, but yeah, there, there is a lot of strategy that goes into it just in terms of, like you said, like knowing what to do, how to train, like not to, not to push it all the time. Um, that, uh, you know, for something that's, that should be pretty simple. It, it there's, there's a, a few layers of complexity to it. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I guess maybe not to bury the lead, but like, you know, so you've been running for, uh, and, and enjoying running now for, for something North of 10 years. We'll, 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 we'll lower it down even farther for you. <laughs> Got it. Um, but, uh, it, it, again, if my math was correct from from a little bit of, of looking into to some of your your history, um, MS has, has come about about eight years ago. So how did how well maybe like maybe we can just start there if you're if you're willing. We, how, you know how did you find out about multiple sclerosis like with with yourself the, the diagnosis? How did how did that where did that piece of the puzzle or how did that piece of the puzzle come into into your life? Yeah, actually, I thought it was a running issue mm-hmm. um, in the beginning because I. I remember being in physical therapy and every time I was on, it was for a a different issue entirely, a knee injury that I will always battle against. But um, for a while, every time I would really get heated up from running, my left foot would go pins and needles, like Mm -hmm. the falling asleep feeling. Mm -hmm. And I kept asking my therapist, like, okay, well, what's that? What's happening? And the knee injury was on the right side. And he was like, oh, that's not related. Um, maybe maybe you should ask your doctor about that. Um, and then that crept up into my left hand would go pins and needles as well. And so that's kind of the first thing that I, the first symptom I had, and I did go down the path of going back to the sports medicine doctor and saying, this is happening when I'm running and, um, okay, well, you know, let's, let's get an MRI. Maybe it's a pinched nerve, something like that. So we did that along the course of trying to figure out what that was. I had a a moment where I I woke up and the entire left side of my body was numb. So now it was, oh, this is a much bigger deal than sometimes when I get hot, I have numbness. Um, so that, that did lead to a little bit of a quicker diagnosis, although not quick at all. It was ultimately six months of, 
um, several MRIs, um, several different doctors, a spinal tap, because um, there, there really is no one test that says you have MS. It's more ruling out a whole bunch of other things. And also because the symptoms can um, be such a wide variety for different people. Right. So sometimes they present as something else. So that's kind of how it happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. As, as you're going through those, you know, six months of, of tests and figuring things out, um, were you, were you able to, to keep running some, not at all? Like, how, like I, and I guess the reason I ask is I, I know for, for myself and for a lot of folks that are, that are runners, like running is a big part of how we kind of deal with different issues, stresses, anxieties, things that, that we're struggling with in, in life. And so I'm just, I guess, maybe curious of like, you know, this is going on and there's a lot of uncertainty and I don't know if running would make it a little bit easier to keep working through it. Or if you're not able to run, like for me personally would probably make it a lot more difficult. Like, like were you able to keep running since that was something that you were certainly doing at that point in your life? Yes, I did. Um, they weren't always the easiest of runs mm -hmm. because of the symptoms. So as that numbness turned into some nerve healing and the feeling came back. It actually went through quite a painful period. Right. So it was an, uh, probably another six months before I was left with what I'm left with today, which is still whenever that core temperature heats up, the left hand and foot go pins and needles. And then I also lose vision in my left eye. Mm. So there's a lot of worry. Like, right. um, is this running going to make this worse? Am I going to suddenly not be able to see in either eye? Um, and also fighting my way through finding a doctor that was willing to work with me and understand um, the answer I didn't want to hear, which is what I did here was, well, just don't run. Right. And, and that's just not acceptable <laughs> for all the reasons you said. Like, I needed that mm. uh, mental and emotional de-stressor. I needed to pour it out on the road and and not lose that thing that was saving me. Um, so yeah, found a new doctor, ran my first half marathon. <laughs> um, and that's where I came up with my whole um, Instagram handle. Mm. I am running from this. I am not gonna, I'm not just gonna sit here and accept that I have MS. So now I can't run. I am going to continue running. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like I said, and, and, and like you said, even better than I did, like, it's just, it's just something that, that you're going to, you're going to keep doing. And, and, um, I think that, that, you know, how many times have I, have I heard, whether it's on here talking to folks or just on social media where, where, you know, some doctor or, or, or somebody who is, is trying to look out for your best interest tells you, well, if running is causing X, Y, Z problem, like, well, just don't, don't run. Like that's, that's the solution. And you always know that that person isn't a runner because it's, I mean, you might as well tell me not to breathe. You know, don't, don't eat anymore. Like, like all of the things mm -hmm. that like I, I kind of need to do to be a semi healthy, well-rounded person, like running is one of those things. And so you just tell me I, I can't run Well, like we're, we're not, uh, we're not reading from the same playbook here. So glad you're able to find somebody, you know, who, who understood the need for running and, and, uh, able to, to help you keep getting through it, uh, you know, help it, help you to continue to have running as part of your life. And then obviously be able to, to, uh, continue to work with, with MS symptoms and trying to figure things out. Um, where did, where did MS run the U S come into, into the picture for you? Well, one of the first things I did with my diagnosis was try to solve it. Mm -hmm. Um, which 
I had been doing a lot of fundraising type runs in the past. So I thought, okay, certainly there's going to be some kind of fundraiser that I can do right. and run. Well, the probably the most popular multiple sclerosis fundraiser is walk MS or bike MS, which both go to the um, society, the multiple sclerosis society. And I was fine with doing, I'm not a bike rider. Um, mm. I try to be for cross training. I'm not super successful, but <laughs> I'm fine with walking, but that's, I mean, that's just like, I could just show up and do that. And then I found um, Challenge Walk MS, which was also the National MS Society. And that's a 50-mile walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do uh, 50 miles over three days. And the first year I did it, I was pregnant. So it was for sure a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after a few years of that, I just kept going back to, okay, I, I just really want to run something for this. So I was just researching, are there any other race type things that would raise money? And that's where I found MS Run the US. And, and when was that timeline wise? A good four years ago. Okay. Um, Cause when I, when I first saw it, I thought, well, that's just crazy. I can't, <laughs> I can't run six marathons in six days. I hadn't even run one at that mm-hmm. point. So, um, I followed the organization on social media. Uh, and then I realized that you could be an ambassador for them, which was basically you pick your own events mm-hmm. and fundraise towards the same goal, but you know, you're not one of their relay runners. Right. So I was an ambassador for them for two years and just kind of following along and and realizing that these were actually ordinary people. They were not elite runners or elite athletes. They were everyday people who just really had this desire to hit a huge goal and for lots of different reasons. But I just, the idea kept creeping in, why not me? Why mm-hmm. can't I do that? If all of those people could do it, why couldn't I? And so then I eventually said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Was, was there any particular moment when you decided to, to throw your hat in the ring and apply to be part of the team? Or, or was it, I mean, it, you kind of made it sound like it was a pretty gradual process. Was, is that kind of how it played out? Yeah, it was pretty gradual. I, um, I thought, okay, first of all, I have to know I can run one marathon. Mm-hmm. So I did sign up for a marathon and um, trained for it and completed that in 2019. Um, wait, maybe it was 2018. I think it was 2018. Okay. And then I ran another one in 2019. Um, I also went and spent one day with a relay runner on his final day. Um, mm. Robert Moore was running, uh, ending in Pennsylvania. And I thought, okay, well, let me just see what this is all about. Like what, what does a day in the life of a relay runner look like? Um, so I did that. It was a great experience. I, you know, talk to him through that whole day about like, how did you train for this? Mm -hmm. What what is it like? (laughs) So yeah, I pretty much came away from that thinking, I'm going to do this. Uh, Then I was selected on the 2020 team, which went virtual. Mm -hmm. So that did postpone it another year. When, when you decided to, to apply and and found out you were accepted for 2020 before we knew what 2020 was going to look like, was it was that like what was the the emotion? I feel like there'd be a, a, a again just just for me personally, there'd be a little sense of like, 
all right, this is cool, but oh man, like, what did I get myself into? Like, like, was there some of that? Was there, was it all excitement? Like, what were the emotions when you found out, Hey, this is going to happen? Oh, it was total excitement. By then I had absolutely committed to it in my mind. I was, I just wanted to do it so badly. I had socialized it with all my friends and family to kind of get everyone's take on it. And so at that point it was like, oh my gosh, what if they don't take me? (laughs) So yeah, when I got the acceptance, I was so excited. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then riding the, the emotional roller coaster when, when things started to, you know, early 2020, March ish, whatever, when, when things are really starting to hit the fan a little bit and things are getting canceled beyond running, of course, but, but running events getting canceled as well. Um, when, when the decision was made that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this virtually. Um, I got to imagine quite, quite a letdown. Oh my gosh. So crushing (laughs) of all the horrible things that happened in 2020. That was really crushing because I guess I had, you know, eventually realized as time went by that this is probably going to get canceled. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't expect was what happened was that it went virtual, which to me felt so much more difficult than being canceled because I just kept thinking like, okay, now you want me to run 172 miles like around my neighborhood while I still have to probably come home and make dinner for the kids. Like (laughs) I needed to do it out on the road where it was the only thing I had to do that week. And I had a crew. Um, And also I didn't think that I didn't know if my body would be able to handle doing it twice. And I really wanted the experience that I had signed up for. I didn't want to do it around my hometown. I wanted to do it out on the road. So it was kind of two things. Like one is the virtual might just be more than I was committed to. And also how can I do it two years in a row? Mm -hmm. And I didn't because eight days before my virtual segment, I broke my leg. Oh, no. <laughs> so I didn't run a single step of my 2020 segment, it turns out. Wow. Well, yeah, that, that throws a wrench into, into, into the situation. Um, man. So, so, okay. So, so did you, did you know, and, and, and did you, did, did, like you're saying here, you know, I don't know if I can do this two years in a row. Um, what, when the decision was made to go virtual, did they, did they give you the option of making sure you could do it the next year or were you, did you have to apply again? Like, how did you, how did you, um, kind of get making sure that you were having, going to have the opportunity to do it this year? Yeah. So they did say we would get first crack at the 2021 team. We were, um, welcome to join if we wanted. However, we would have to start our fundraising goal at zero. So I had already raised $10,000, which, you know, is maybe just as hard as the running Mm -hmm. in some aspects. And so thinking, I just tapped all my resources to raise $10,000 and now I have to do it again. So that was the most intimidating factor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can only imagine, I, I feel like, like, the 10,000 is, is, I don't want to say it's a, it's a big hurdle, but that's, it's, it's a big number certainly. And, and, you know, trying to, to raise that, like, all right, well we can, you know, I'm going to commit to doing it. And, and obviously you did, uh, but then to start from scratch and I guess I, I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I love talking to, to folks who have run for, you know, any of the, the great charities out there um, about some fundraising 
tips or kind of what, what they did for fundraising, because I know for myself, and I, I know I've said this before, so those of you listening, sorry, you, you know, I got to give Julie the context here. Um, but, but for myself, that was a big thing that was holding me back from, from trying to charity to, to raise money as, as a charity runner for, for years is just like, I don't know, like asking people for money is not something I'm super comfortable with. And of, of course turns out it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, but, but for you to do it the second time in a, in a row, um, was, you know, I guess maybe just in over the course of two years, you know, maybe combined, like how, how did you find it worked for you? Was it, was it as scary as you thought it was going to be? And obviously going to do it a second time was a little bit scary as well, but like, how did you handle the, the, the fundraising component of, of the event? I mean, yes, it's definitely overwhelming. Um, but I just decided like, if I, if I can put in the physical work to make this happen, it's going to work out. I just had faith that there's one way or another, people are going to help me get through this. They're going to help me get to the goal that I had been working towards for so long. Um, so I, I had uh, a lot of confidence. I have such a good group of friends and um, an awesome family that is has just been so supportive. I mean, I've been raising money for MS for about eight years now. And so they have just they never back down. You know, I get repeat donors over and over. People are sharing with all their contacts. I've, I've had multiple donations over the years from people I've never even met. So I had confidence I could do it. I just knew it wasn't going to be comfortable. Right, right. Um, with, with the fact that, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know if this is even a question that can be, can be answered, you know, if it's just kind of one of those hypotheticals, but like, I, I wonder if, if, people were at least as generous, if not even more so in part because of how things played out because it, it had gone virtual and then you, you fracture your legs. So you can't even, even c contemplate the idea of doing the virtual component and then, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do it again this year. Like, like almost like there was unfinished business left and, and Hey, you know, this, this, this donation this year is going to help with finishing that business. Like, like, again, I don't know if there's a, if there's even a, a, a real question there, but just to kind of you know, if, if maybe that helped you with the fundraising a little bit as well, because of just the, the situation and how all the circumstances played out. I think it probably did. And people were in it with me. They wanted to see me hit that goal just as much as I did. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. So, so getting back to, to this year's event, you know, things are, are, um, you know, as, as we're getting into 2021, lots of, of hope and, and, uh, uh, anticipation for, things to get back to quote unquote normal. Um, and, and I know from, from, at least from what I understand, uh, it wasn't completely normal and that, you know, like it was, it was a little bit still, uh, um, closed off as far as like people coming to run with you and things like that was kind of tamped down, but, but you're able to run in person. So as, as the date's getting closer, you know, um, how is like, how are you training for it? What's, what's the, how are things going? Like, like what, what was you kind of your mindset and, and how are things going in the, in the, you know, months and weeks leading up to the event? Yeah. So the organization provides a training plan. Um, and so it's basically following that, but mm. leading up to that, I had to recover from the leg fracture, which took five months Ooh. instead of the six weeks I was told it would take. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it kept going back for, uh, re-x-raying and doing bone density oh, and all yeah. this nonsense because for some reason my leg just did not want to heal. So I was not 
um, cleared to run until mid-January. So I was already super nervous. Like you're really cutting it close mm -hmm. to be able to run 172 miles by July if you're not running anything in January. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, you know, looked at this whole six months and how do I get from this point to this point? And, and a lot of it was like, look, it's not going to be pretty. I'm probably going to run a lot slower mm -hmm. than I would have had this not happened. I'll probably have to take walking breaks and all of that's okay because nobody cares how fast right. you get it done. There is no time limit. It's just, I'm going to cover those miles. So I, I worked to get back to a base level of running um, where my official training program was supposed to start on uh, April. I think it was April 4th. Um, and I, I did it. So mm -hmm. I had like three months to get this base level going that I had worked with my physical therapist and my sports medicine doctor and the MS run the U S coach. Mm -hmm. All right, here's how you get there. And it was a, a lot of run, walk, run, walk and right. increasing both um, distance and um, run to walk ratio. Mm -hmm. So day one of what would have been my I think it was 16 weeks or 15 week program. I was so excited to arrive healthy. And that very day I got COVID. Oh no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like, you got to be oh, kidding my. me. There's, there's some force in the universe telling me not to run this event. Um, and I had already had one vaccine in, but I had, it was in mm -hmm. between one and two and, you know, just got it anyway. Um, as a person with MS, we do have a compromised immune system. Right. So it's not super surprising that that happened. Um, anyway, had a lot of trouble breathing the whole month of April and thought once again, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but just, okay, one day at a time, let's, you know, get through this. And again, now it's going to be even uglier probably mm -hmm. than I thought, but I'm still going to get it done. So my my goal for the event was to show up at the starting line in one piece, healthy, uninjured. That was it. I felt like if I could do that, I could handle those six days no matter what they brought. And I did. I mm -hmm. was able to train really well, uh, not have any injuries. Um, I was very cautious on my training. I, I hit all the numbers slowly. And, uh, yeah, so I felt super relieved to show up to the starting line in one piece. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking here and, and, you know, I mean, one, one hit after another, but ultimately, you know, whether things are going smoothly in training and everything kind of, you know, you, you get a little nervous, like, man, this is might almost be going too well. Um, or whether you're having all of the different things that could go, could go wrong along the way. Um, you know, the, I mean, the name of the game really is showing up healthy and and injury free in one piece and, and giving yourself the best chance that you can based on how things have gone beforehand. Um, and, and again, I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, if there's even a question here, but just just having that mindset of like, I'm just going to show up and, and then take it one day at a time. I just need to be healthy when I get there. Um I think sometimes, and especially maybe maybe even more likely when it's like a one-off race, you're going for a PR or something like that. Um, you can you can be so focused on the end result that you're trying to get that you show up at the starting line broken down and you have no chance of getting there to begin with. So you know somewhere in there, 
again, I think that, that between the coaching and, and just, you know, thinking about it, talking with doctors, things like that, like making that the goal of getting there in one piece, like that, that at least gave you a shot. And then, you know, dot, 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 you, you did it. So like, like that's, that's a big piece of the puzzle. I think is easy to overlook, but just being there healthy and ready to go. Like that's, that's half the battle. Oh, absolutely. I, I show up at most races injured. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I get injured quite often. And actually what I learned over the last couple of years with these injuries is that my body needs an off season. Mm. And if I don't schedule one, one will be scheduled for me. <laughs> um, so, and that's, you know, I live in South Carolina. I can run all year long mm-hmm. it, where I grew up in Ohio. I usually took winter off. So, cause it was too cold. Well, there is no too cold here. So right. <laughs> I, I just realized that just because the calendar says I can run all year doesn't mean I should. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel like it was a big lesson in, you know, taking a season, taking time to recover. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as, as runners, it's so, I mean, it's so easy to get locked into like the here and now and like, man, I'm feeling good. Like I, I might as well keep running and I don't want to lose my fitness. And, and, you know, I've got this race coming up six months from now or whatever it is that, that kind of has you focused today. Um, but that little bit of, of, perspective that sometimes sometimes we can gain by hearing other people's struggles and sometimes we can't gain it until we we've lived it out and kind of you know taken taken the lumps and learned the lesson the hard way is that if you take whatever it is six weeks off eight weeks off more less like whatever works for you but by mixing that in there and, and hopefully still being active doing some other things whatever um but giving yourself a little bit of a break from the demands of running it might mean that you never have to, hopefully might mean that, that a, your races might be more successful because you'll be healthy at the starting line and B that you might be able to keep doing this thing that we enjoy doing for decades instead of for a handful of years before your body breaks down. So, um, you know, that, that big picture perspective of needing a little bit of a break and, and, you know, again, whether it's a couple of weeks, whether it's a couple of months, whatever, um, is, is something that's, that's can be really invaluable, you know, in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you're choosing your off season, you can, you know, pick, right. It's really hot in the summer. I don't have any races I want to do this time rather than it showing up to you and you're missing out on something you really wanted to do. Right. And, and, you know, when, when the, when the off season is chosen for you and maybe not every time, but a lot of times it's because you're doing a lot to get ready for a race. And so like, that's the worst time to be kind of forced to the sidelines. Like you said, when you can just choose it for yourself and be like, Hey, you know, it's, I live in Florida. So I get the, I get the summer heat situation and like taking, (laughs) taking winters off does not sound good to me because that's like the three months a year where it's actually really comfortable to run. But you know, taking, taking July and August off, like if slash when I, I feel like I need to take an off season or take a couple weeks here or there, like those are the months to do it. Not any other time of year when it's actually semi comfortable out. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I, I would never have signed up for um, even one marathon at the end of July in like a normal situation, because I wouldn't have wanted to train that hard Mm -hmm. through June, July. And here I signed up for six of six plus of them, but that was the week I got. Right. Right. (laughs) I I will um, happily take some summertime off next year. Absolutely. Well, well, and that, and that kind of leads me to a question I've been, I've been wondering, um, you know, with doing, doing these races in the summer months and, and, um, you know, when it's hot, when it's humid, certainly, 
uh, and having, you know, what you mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes the, the symptoms really kind of showed up the most when you are generating a lot of body heat. And of course, running is going to do that, but then running in the summer months, even more so, um, you know, I guess you know, training and, and during the event, um, it, and, and maybe it's not even a factor anymore, but is, is the heat still a factor with your symptoms causing things to flare up? And if so, how do you, how did you manage to get through six days worth of, of marathons plus every day, uh, without things really getting to a point where you couldn't keep going? Yes, it is very much a factor. It was, um, by far the hardest, um, piece of that whole relay for me because, um, so what happens is the symptoms flare up bigger and also the recovery takes longer. Mm. So, um, you know, double whammy it, it is. And so when you're running them back to back for six days, there is no recovery mm. time. So, you know, it's just kind of trying to, trying to manage the heat was by far the most difficult. And even something that would happen besides having MS, just this, like the sunburn factor right, right. Is, when you're running through the cornfields of Ohio, there's not, a single <laughs> there's, there's no shade anywhere. <laughs> no, nothing. And you know, there's only so much sunscreen you can keep on. That's not just pouring off your body with your sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would just try to start as early as we could get out on the road, you know, by four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and run as much as we could in the dark. But um, another factor was because the relay is going from west to east, you're running with the sun coming up in your face. Mm. So even at 830 in the morning, it's already kind of scorching your skin right. um, just because it's, you know, directed right at you. Um, just did a lot of like putting ice in my visor, putting mm-hmm. ice on my neck and a, like a um, handkerchief type mm-hmm. thing. The crew was always good to stop every couple miles to make sure that I had um, plenty of fluids uh, and those ice cubes. <laughs> but there, you know, to some extent, there's just not a lot you can do, mm-hmm. and it slows you down, which just keeps you out there longer. So that's kind of hard as well. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 not a a, a really good answer when it comes to to logging that many miles. I. I I feel like um, back when I was still getting into running and, and morning running was not a thing for me. Um, I always felt like all throughout the year I could do, you know, about a half an hour. So I, you know, I get a couple of three miles, something like that. Any time of day, no factor. But as soon as it started going 35, 40 minutes, like if I'm running during the heat of the day, which was most of the time when I was running, that's when it really started to get to get to me. And you know, if you're running, 26, 27 miles a day, you're going to be running during the heat of the day, uh, for, for, yeah. for most of those miles. And yeah, it's just, it just piles up. Um, what was, what was recovery like for you during those, those days after, you know, after you finished your miles trying to, to recover as much as you can, like you said, the recovery process is, is difficult for you as well. Um, what, what did you find that worked or sort of worked or, or kind of, how did you help rejuvenate yourself from one day to the next? Uh, so I'd start with lunch. Um, the crew would make sure I um, had a lunch almost right away, mm-hmm. even though I didn't want to eat a bit of it. Um, I'm, I've never been a person who can eat right away after running. And so it was more of a, they're coaching me to eat it up. <laughs> right, Come on, right. you need it. <laughs> um, uh, I would walk the last mile or two of each day as well. And that seemed to really help mm-hmm. um, work out some of the soreness and tightness that would arrive throughout the day, I would kind of ease 
the pain, Mm -hmm. but the last mile or two, um, then we would uh, be back at the RV park, sitting in an ice bath, um, which is no fun at all, but (laughs) (laughs) kind of one of those things that you just got to do. And then um, I had the uh, massage gun thing Mm -hmm. that really, that between that and foam rolling, I would just do that like every 15, 20 minutes on off mm-hmm. for the rest of that evening. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, that certainly finding what works for you is, is important, but just, just, you know, part of me is, is mind a little bit blown, but it makes total sense that, that, you know, pretty much the rest of the day, like that was your job was focusing on, on the recovery. And if, if that means back and forth between the foam roller and the massage gun and, and all those, those different, different tools, um, no sense just sitting around and letting everything get stiff. Like just keep at it, keep at it because you got to do this again tomorrow. Oh yeah. And like everything that worked, worked a little bit less each day. (laughs) So it was kind of like, you know, oh, and also I would probably like walk maybe a half mile around the park in right. the evening just to just kind of to... make things move again. But yeah, I would just keep trying to do these things and they would work. And then the next day they work a little bit less and then a little bit less. Right. <laughs> as as the days were dragging on, and, and I guess maybe maybe you're almost kind of hinting at the answer with, with the fact that the recovery was getting more and more difficult every day. Um, how, how did you, how did you, I mean, course how how do you how did you feel running you know five marathons six marathons you know days in a row um but like how how did it go throughout the the course of that week as far as physically and mentally like like how how did you how did you handle the the accumulated fatigue the accumulated miles the the heat all the things uh over the course of that week it was kind of a process of each day um it was kind of like groundhog's day Mm -hmm. every day you wake up you could hardly move, start to, you know, wake up a little bit, stretch out. Um, maybe the first five miles were uncomfortable, kind of clunky. And then you were more warmed up like, Oh, this is great. I could run like this all day. <laughs> the and next then, and then the sun came up. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then between like mile, right around mile 15, then the sun was there and, and now you're really fatiguing again. And so then it would get difficult. Um, 22 was my magic number of just misery. <laughs> it would just be so difficult. And I, I mean, I just, I had someone to run with me every day. I have the most amazing friends. So I had uh, one friend ran the first two days with me. Another friend ran the middle two days with me. And then I had a whole bunch of people alternating in and out day five and six. And so they were, they were coaching each other on the (laughs) the care and feeding of me for those days. And like, look, when she hits the twenties, this, this is when you have to kick in with all the positivity and, and, you know, make up stories, play funny music, whatever it takes. Um, And then I would hit like the marathon mark. And I'd get so excited, like, I just ran a marathon and I only have a few more miles to do today, so I can totally finish this day. And and then you would just start it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think like that, that really tough zone would start a little bit earlier each day too. Right. Um, but, you know, it was just really focusing on one day at a time. I, it would be easy to say, if I feel like this right now, how could I possibly do this again and mm-hmm. again? And I just refuse to go there. Was, mm-hmm. This is today this is what I'm running today. I only have to get to 
30 miles today right. or 28 miles or whatever it was. And then, and that's how I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's the way you got to do it. If, if you look at, Oh, I've got, I've got 172 miles to, to go on, on day one, like that's overwhelming. But if it's, if you, if you chunk it down to manageable bites and it's only whatever it is, 28 or 30 miles or whatever, you know, whatever only, um, <laughs> you, you've got a, You've got a fighting chance to get through it. And then you only have to do that again tomorrow and, and repeat. And you know, at the end of a week, you, you, you've uh, got it done. Yeah. So my, my plan was to run 30 miles a day so that I only had 22 on the last day. Mm -hmm. But then somewhere on day two or three, it was brought to my attention that this is actually 175 miles. Oh, so it's for ult ultra years, runner math where it's just kind of ballpark. Exactly. <laughs> for two years, I was training for 172 and now I got to run 175, which seems like, well, whatever. It's is only there much more of a miles. difference? <laughs> yes, there's <laughs> a huge yes. difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I did uh, 31 for several days. And then I, the last day was even more ultra marathon math where it was like, am I at mile 17 or mile 18? And nobody knows really where the finish line is. And, oh, it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> at least they didn't wait until you were, you know, 20 miles into day six to tell you that, oh, by the way, like we actually yes. have to go to 20, 25, 26 miles today instead of this 22 that you'd been uh, thinking about. At least, at least you figured it out a little bit early. Yeah, that was so there was one point where I thought I was at 18.4 on the last day. And um, Malcolm, one of the crew told me I was at 17.8, um, I think. And I was like, oh, Nope, that's, nope. that's a that's a disheartening half mile right there, <laughs> if ever there was one. Yeah, because I was thinking I have like less than four miles till I'm done. And uh, it turned out I was right. <laughs> Good. So, Good. <laughs> yeah, it was very, uh, that was a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Post post finishing, you get to the you get to the finish line. You finish your your leg of the the relay, hand the baton off to the next person. Um, what's what's recovery been like for the last couple months? What, what have has this been your off season or kind of what's what's you know how's it how's it been since since you finished? Yeah, definitely off season. Um, I'm just thinking about starting to run again. I I didn't do my very first run until it was day 35. Mm. And I only ran because I was already signed up for a race that was ironically a relay. Mm. Um, I had some friends running. It was a 24 hour race around a track. Mm. So nothing like jumping into something insane, but my <laughs> um, teammates knew that I was going to be good for about three miles total. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like a, a big slacker on the team. Um, but it was good to dip the toe back in right. and, um, cause that first month, I, I don't know what I expected recovery to be like, but it was very different. I mean, mm -hmm. I just thought it would be like a physical recovery, but there was so much emotion behind it. Right. I mean, just like, a. a not to be dramatic, but it was almost a bit of a PTSD because, mm -hmm. you know, when you force yourself every day to go, you know, like I was very comfortable with finishing a long run hurt, but not starting a, right. a long run hurt and, or even just, you know, the sunburn factor mm -hmm. or the nauseated stomach factor, or the blister situation that kept getting worse. It, it was just, it was very um, emotional to mm -hmm. recover from. Yeah, I can I can imagine, and and never mind the fact that I mean, for for lack of a better way to say it, you've been looking forward to this for two years, and now it's now it's in the rearview mirror. You know, like like that that's yeah. a whole thing too. 
And the one thing that like helps me mentally and emotionally is running and I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. So I've like flooded my body with all the endorphins and now I'm doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's tough. And that's, I, I know for some folks, that's why even if they're not able to run, you know, right. Or if, they, if they're choosing not to run right away after a big race or something, it's like always have something on the calendar to look forward to so that even though you're in a recovery period right now, like, Hey, you know, I've got this thing that's still eight months out or whatever. Like, like there's still a little, a little something to at least look forward to. But I guess I ask, I, I kind of bring that up or ask that to ask this, um, you know, for, for the better part of the last handful of years, whether it's as an ambassador, part of the team that then went virtual part of the team this year, getting to do it is, you know, getting to actually do the event, but running and raising money for, for MS run the U S um, what's, and it's still a long ways off and it's predicting the future, which is always a question I hate to kind of ask, but I, I kind of feel like it, 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 there maybe is at least a few thoughts going on is like, what, what does, what does 2022 look like for you from a running perspective right now? Wide open. Wide open. <laughs> no plan. Not a bad, not a bad way to be actually. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I haven't tried to run fast in so long. So maybe trying to do that. Um, I told you my favorite um, distance is the half and my official half PR was actually a training run. Oh that I was sick for and I wasn't supposed to be running fast. So I know I have more to do there. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I'm kind of okay with not having a goal right now after having so many for so long. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's, that's kind of how I live my running life anyway, as I just like never really have anything on the calendar. I'm like, oh yeah, this sounds good in a, in a month. And like, hopefully, hopefully the base training that I've been doing is enough to have me ready to, to run in a month, which sometimes is the case and sometimes, sometimes not, but it's, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I've gone b- to both ends of the spectrum where I always had to have something on the calendar and now I'd never have something on the calendar. And I don't know, maybe somewhere in the middle is, is ideal, but it's, it's not a bad thing to just have things open and just be able to take it as it comes for a while. Yeah, I'm typically more of a planner. I like to have a training plan. It's just something I really enjoy Mm -hmm. checking off a a run every day or, you know, every couple of days. Um, So I'm sure I will get back to that. But for now, I'm, I'm good with the uh, free form. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as we're, as we're wrapping up, Julie, that one, one last question, it's kind of the, the closer, very similar to the introductory qu- type of question. I call it philosophical question, just kind of something open-ended and this is what we'll wrap it up for, for today. Um, but, but it just be, be curious, um, over the course of your running career, both pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis, uh, not that, this is a, not, not that you necessarily have to have one of each, but just kind of the, the, the bulk of your running career. Um, what has running maybe taught you about yourself? I, I feel like running is, is a great teacher. I, I've learned a lot about myself and about life and, and things like that from miles, whether it's solo, whether it's with others, whatever the case might be. Um, just curious if there's been a thing or two that kind of stands out in your mind as, as lessons learned and uh, in, in time on the roads. Yeah. I mean, on a medical perspective, it's, um, by far the best medicine I've come across for my own personal MS. I know everybody's is different, but for me, if I'm not moving, things start hurting more. So I, I need it, um, physically. And then as we talked a lot about, it's, it's so much for my mental health. Um, it's my whole social life. All my friends are runners that, you know, that's what we go do. Um, but what it's, taught me in general is that there's nothing I cannot accomplish if I set my mind to it. Um, whether that's a, you know, a faster time or a a longer distance or an absurdly long distance. (laughs) 
Um, I just think it's kind of reflects life that, you know, if you put in the work and you maintain the focus, there's really nothing you can't do. Mm. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, guys, once again, on Instagram at running underscore from underscore MS. If you want to connect with Julie, that's the best place to do it. And disruns.com slash 988 is a link back to the show notes today. For photos, links, the whole nine as per usual. So, uh, Julie, thank you for, for taking the time today. Thanks for uh, sharing a bit of your story. And, and um, I mean, just just kudos to you for, for not only this year, but for the last three, four, five years of of putting in the work, raising the money, uh, the ups and the downs, the highlights and the lowlights, uh, but persevering, getting through it. And, uh, I mean, just, just job well done this year. And, and again, not just this year, but just congratulations is I guess what I'm trying to say. And, and again, thanks for the time today and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Julie and myself. And as per usual, love to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your, say it with me now, what was your takeaway du jour, du jour? Um, for me, it was from, from early in the chat when, when Julie was talking about, you know, finding out she had multiple sclerosis and, and the doctor that she went to see actually telling her, hey, you know, maybe, maybe don't run and not even maybe don't run. You know, if, if, if multiple sclerosis is, or if, if running and generating body heat is causing some of the symptoms of multiple sclerosis to, to make themselves more evident and more pronounced, then just don't run. And I, I just think about, I mean, the reason it, it, it stood out to me so quickly is how many times we've, we've either, I've heard the stories, maybe you've had the experience where you're in the doctor's office for something. Maybe it's a running related injury. Maybe it's not, maybe it's something else completely different, but you know, the doctor just says, you know what? I mean, just, just don't run. And, and everything will be fine. And how for us as runners, just like Julie said, it was just, that was not an option. That was not something that was, that was going to be an acceptable answer, an acceptable bit of advice in that situation. And, you know, part of me wants to say, Hey, you know, it doesn't like, don't ever settle. Don't ever, don't ever feel like running isn't an option depending on various situations, various ills and injuries and things like that, that you may, that you may experience down the road. Um, that may not always be the case. There may be a situation, you know, heaven help us all. And, and hopefully don't get there anytime soon where not running is what has to happen. But the majority of the times I feel like at least, and, and, you know, there's an exception to every rule, but the majority of the time where we hear that from a doctor or from a PT or from a massage therapist or from an acupuncturist or from a chiropractor or from a doctor who's, who's diagnosing and, and treating some type of, of issue like multiple sclerosis, the option to run is still there. And so if, if those, those experts, those people who are given the benefit of the doubt, they're trying to help you, but they don't get it because they're not a runner. So when you get that type of advice, thank you. Take it with a grain of salt. And I guess my, my advice and, and what I would hope that I will be able to do if slash when I'm ever in that situation is go and find somebody else who understands that for me, where I am right now, running is as important to my, my health and my well-being as, you know, breathing air and drinking water and eating food. Like, obviously, there's a little bit of hyperbole there, but not much, not much because you probably understand it as, as clearly as, as anybody. So that was my takeaway is just, is just don't, don't just accept when somebody says, you know, the only option is to not run anymore. Um, 
outside of the select few instances where maybe that really truly is the the best and, and maybe even only option, they're, they're more often than not, the other options are out there. So find somebody who understands, maybe, maybe if, you're, if you're able to find a doctor, find a PT, find folks who are runners because they'll get it and they'll help you figure out what needs to happen. It might be a long, arduous process and it might be a, a constant dance of two steps forward and one step back, but more often than not, just not running is not the only option. So that was my little takeaway, my little preachy ranty session during the takeaways today. Sorry about that, but uh, hopefully I'm, I'm mostly preaching to the choir. But uh, anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Please feel free to let me know. And whatever method is best for you, we got at Dizruns on Twitter. We got at Dizruns on Instagram. We also have email, of course, Dizruns at gmail.com. You can send your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there. You can also head over to the show notes for today's episode, which you can get to one more time. One more reminder, Dizruns.com slash 988 is a link for the show notes. We got some photos from Julie. We got some links from things we talked about today. And of course, we've got that comment section down there at the bottom of the page. You can always leave your thoughts and feedbacks there. On the website, there's also the comment tab or contact tab or something like that. Some contact information box that, that ultimately just sends me an email. But hey, if you'd rather do that than send an email direct, we'll take it. If you want to send a smoke signal, carrier pigeon, uh, a telegraph, a little bit of Morse code, you know, whatever, whatever works best for you. I'm not going to lie. My Morse code skills, pretty poor, but I'll do my best. I'll do my best. You say you send a, you send a little bit of Morse code through the interweb somehow. We'll get it deciphered. But anything, any feedback is the moral of the story. Or any feedback, any thoughts and, and takeaways and things like that that you're willing to share, I would love to hear them. So send send them my way. And uh, one last time before we wrap things up today, don't forget the uh, the consult calls are there when needed. If you don't need one right now, cool. Save your money. Don't don't. You know, if all's good, all's good. But if things get a little bit wonky or you want to bounce some ideas, maybe you want a little outside perspective to try to, you know, what am I missing here? Because a lot of times you get too close to the situation, you're missing something that, that might be pretty, I don't want to say pretty obvious, but but might be more apparent to somebody with a little bit of, of detachment, a little bit of, of external perspective. Uh, if that's something that might be useful for you, the options there. Dizruns.com slash consultation is the link. And, uh, you know, not for nothing, when it comes to consultation calls, just just FYI, every once in a while, we just kind of give those away for free for various bits and bobs and odds and ends. And and maybe uh, the, the New Year's Day situation might be a way to, to get yourself a free consult call at the start of the new year. If you don't know what we're talking about, just stay tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it as, as the new year more uh, gets a little bit closer. Um, but I think we're going to do the thing again. Those of you that know, you know. Uh, and, you know, you get a free, free call for participating. Not, not difficult to do. Um, and then you got it in your pocket. You can cash it in when you need it. And if you've already earned a free call for something, for various bits and bobs in the past, and it's, you know, don't forget it's there. Happy to happy to cash it in or happy to redeem it for you whenever you need it. So disruns.com slash consultation if you need to get one. If you've got a free one and you're ready for it, let me know at all of the uh, the ways. You know, the, the social medias, the emails, the contact forms, the smoke signals, the carrier pigeons. Just let me know and we'll get it on the calendar. Anyway, longest, longest quick reminder of the uh, the sponsor for today ever. Uh, but let's wrap this one up, shall we? If you enjoyed this one, hit that share button. Otherwise, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking me with you today. Taking Julie and I both with you today, wherever it was we went. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.